Leave this in wiser. Oh. Quieter for the e e you have to open your mouth, I think, for the EMDR or the ASMR. <laughs> you know what the question of the day is? What are the simple things that we haven't talked about in so long that are those things that make a cafe tight? Because they've been around for so long and we have so many awesome new people, but they haven't heard from our mouths, like some of the things that we put into play from the very beginning that were kind of upgrades from every other job place we've worked at. Let's go. Starting you know what I'm saying? Like eating an apple a day. Yeah. Start off with eating an apple a day, drinking enough water and taking your sleep seriously. No, but I'm, it's, it was interesting. I'm thinking about it a lot just because in a, in like the most positive way, if you've been following us, we had such a, such an evolution from the beginning to the more so through the middle of the pandemic and then through the pandemic we hired a bunch of new people so effectively approximately half of our staff have never done indoor service fully so a lot of them still haven't even served in ceramic great um they might not know how much intention we put into even down to like the gear we picked and why and I don't think a lot of our listeners maybe have heard that in such a long time that it might be a cool refresh I'm down. to talk about, you know? Let's get into it. It's a weird, uh, a weird arc of a business when you have people open a store and you're really passionate about the thing you do. Yeah. Super passionate about the thing you do. Then over time, because your job is to look up and out as an owner and not only look down and in, you get a little bit more removed from the thing that you did originally. Right. Mm -hmm. So that gets passed on to other people. But there's always this gap between, okay, I've been doing this for 20 years, and you're showing a ton of promise and are actually doing really well, but you've only been doing it for a year and a half. Right. Or in our case now, we have some people who came on during the pandemic sure. who have only been Less doing it for months. a half of a yeah. year. Sure. There's no way you could know, no matter how much – we write in books or training, yeah. you know, protocols or whatever. There's just some stuff that needs to be talked about. Right. Well, and I mean, and it's literally no hate, but it's, it's fun and funny to have a pretty young leadership team with so much energy and excitement. And they, they do a lot of totally rightfully so, so and understandable, but they go through explaining like the details of what's happening, how it's, how it's happening makes sense, but like the ramifications of certain things and, and oftentimes in the back of my head, I'm all, you, I totally know what you're talking about. Like we've seen this like 20, 30 times and, and you're walking through something that's super real for you and maybe relatively fresh, but we've had to walk through this so many times through our career that totally get what you're saying, totally know 20, 30 different ways we can go about approaching your position and your, you know, even our executive meetings, there's a lot of good explanations and, and it's, I'm actually happy to sit through it and because it's great processing for the other, mm -hmm. right? But at the same time, the explanation is, well, I totally know. Like, it's okay. I totally get it. Like, a lot of times they're covering their own tracks. They're like, look, I tried this and I tried that. And I'm all, dog, I get it. Like, we have been here before. And that's, that's something that you're right. Like, as you step farther away, it's easier for people to forget that you have also had to do the same exact things as everybody who's worked for you, even if we've evolved it, hopefully to be easier and better than it ever was for us, we've had to walk through. I haven't experienced a new situation with a team since, except for like the pandemic and some of those things that are totally out of the box, but every single situation 
I've heard come up is some sort of mm, just slight offshoot of something we've gone through before. Yeah. Right? I mean, Nothing's well, like new, the, new. The, the situations that people find, the challenges don't really change that much. They don't. In terms of what is going on in a cafe. Right. You have a you have a matrix of things, right? There's a certain job to do, which sure. doesn't change very much. And then we have our individual tweaks on how to do that job to a certain level. You have certain challenges, whether that's training new employees or new hire onboarding or whatever, that doesn't change that much, even mm-hmm. though the people do. So, like, the nuance changes all the time, but the set of fixed problems that accompany running a cafe don't really change that much no i think the only way to consistently make new challenges is to do new and exciting and challenging things with your company and and even so most of the time at that point we'll have walked through like for instance like a roastery expansion should we do that we have walked through just like one off of physically doing it like the whole process we've seen it we've seen the builds we've seen the equipment bought and we can see what worked and what didn't between you you, myself and charles we've seen I mean, even down to the financials of what it's cost to build those things. And so you're absolutely right. Like it's all a replication, even though it's a slight one off and nuance of the same thing. Uh, so it's anyway, I kind of wanted to talk about that because it, how well you run an experience that people physically come into, I mean, first starts with leadership and how well they can deliver a mission and values. But then there's, there's the simple details that can feel absolutely complex if you essentially leave them untouched or leave them without intention, i.e. like, well, the place is always clean. So that's what, we're, that's what we do. It's clean here. It's always showroom ready. And then if you don't have the mindset of the person who said showroom ready and what that means or doesn't mean, you come in and your showroom might be not even close to the same show. Your showroom might be like the antique store that you fell in love with that's like looks like a like a pack rat. You know what I'm saying? And you might love that. There's yeah. literally nothing wrong with that. But if without those explanations and the intention behind what you mean, it's actually really a it's a fascinating idea for me to walk through. There's so many different levels. So and I just want to go back and mention one start, thing. Yeah, yeah. When we talked about stepping away, because this is a perspective that a lot of people have where they don't understand what the owner's doing. We're stepping away from the things we used to do, but we're stepping in to new and exciting things that's going to move the whole organization forward. Absolutely. And I just want to touch on that because last week we talked about that us versus them mentality. So people get mm. in that mindset of, oh, well, it's my, what is it? What? Why do you have to step away? What right. else are you doing? And in time, everyone will see the benefit that comes with us being able to look up and out and not only down and in, like I said before. Absolutely. I, I have the perfect example for what you're talking about in terms of reopening the cafe, attention to detail, and where you know, good intention meets maybe a lack of knowledge or experience in that zone. So we've only been doing to-go service. Now we have people inside the cafes. You can sit down. You can hang out. There's chairs there. But for the most part, at most of our cafes, we're still on paper cups. Yeah. Right? So espresso on a paper cup, coffee to go on a paper cup. And every once in a while, for a treat, if there's not a lot of people in there early in the morning, you go in and the barista's like, do you want your espresso in a ceramic cup? Yeah. You know, just for the staff. So here's where three or four things just kind of come into play. One, I'm like, okay, cool. You want it? You're going to have it for here? You want a ceramic? I'm like, yeah, I would fucking love it. It's one of my favorite experiences ever. Coffee and a ceramic, baby. Coffee and a ceramic. So 
shot comes, slide it across the counter. I grab it. No cup's spoon. Just bone cold. Oh, cold. Like bone cold. And I'm like, ooh. Right. It just doesn't feel good to touch a bone cold cup. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I it needs to be warm. It needs to be, and this is going to sound crazy, like the inside of the cup, this is my preheat theory, the inside of the vessel needs to be as warm as the coffee that goes into it. Right. The outside of the vessel needs to feel warm to the touch, but not hot. Right. You, you don't want to burn your lips on you it. You need to be able to put it on your lip and not have it have any sting at all. Yeah. But it needs to feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And a bone cold cup doesn't feel comfortable. And I was like, oh, Man, like in that, and then because the cup was so cold, right, and there's so much mass, it sucks a lot of heat out of the espresso. Oh, yeah. So it's almost like I would kind of rather have a appropriately temperatured espresso in a paper cup, than, right? Because it'll retain more heat in a it, paper cup just, if it's yes, gonna be cold. It just feels weird. It yeah. just felt weird. Yeah. There's, so there's there's that aspect of it. Um, there's the awareness of doing something nice for someone on staff and versus what regular guests get if they see it yeah right so everyone's trying to do a favor you know yeah. you want to do the owner a favor you want to do your teammates a favor not realizing that like oh i'm trying to give you good service but if a guest comes in and sees some dude who they don't know works here or anything is like why does that person get to drink coffee in a ceramic cup and i can't sure so then you've got you know a service i don't want to call it fail but no because uh, i mean this isn't clearly stated from us yet and but there's all these yeah. tiny little things. Yeah, the spoon thing is one of them. Yeah, oftentimes um, there's no spoons. And again, this comes down to us running out of things and then the pandemic, like there's, we're waiting to get some gear back and we're not serving it anyway. But there's a million of those little things yeah. that add up to make the experience overall awesome. So what's on the top of your mind? Like what have you been seeing Well, lately? okay. I actually, I want to piggyback off of your idea of a guest seeing another guest who might not know that you're the owner, doesn't really matter who that person is, getting a different service or a better service. Mm So, I mean, let's start with something that we've always, you and I have always had a pet peeve of, and that is the idea of the person at the concierge, register, reg op, whatever your place, cashier, they are taking money from people. And they hopefully, at least in a place like ours, are giving amazing, authentic, connective, Genuine hospitality. Genuine hospitality. Genuine Have you ever had that? Genuine hospitality. The people we bring in are supposed to connect with each and every guest. But if you spend five minutes with one guest at the expense of the 20 behind you because you enjoy them more, or if you are maybe just a little bit unaware that people waiting in line feel uncomfortable they don't like waiting so number one are you are you giving quick inappropriate service noticing that the person in the back of the line is getting service at the same time as the front just because they're not physically standing there talking to you does not mean like once they enter the door they are being served by us the company Mm -hmm. so that's one reason we don't actually do physical pour overs in our cafe because it requires somebody to pull away from giving service to a group of people and it slows down that whole that whole flow. So I was just kind of piggybacking off of that feeling of, especially we call, we call it clubhousing in club a way housing. where you where that's a different version of clubhousing. Club yeah, it's housing like a sub, could, subsector of yeah, it, right? Exactly, because the standard clubhousing generally refers to people behind the counter 
interacting with each other and not guests. The real us so versus the, them. So the guests feel completely left out of what's yeah. going on. They're like, oh, I guess this place is all about the people that are behind the yeah. counter. They're not cool. Me. I'm yeah, not. I'm just a dork. So yeah, this is like a subsector of that because what it could be is it's clubhousing with the guests that you enjoy more than the guests that you haven't learned or gotten to know as well yet. Mm-hmm. And, and while it's absolutely fair to have connections with certain guests more than others, it's not fair to treat them better than anybody else in your cafe, especially when the whole cafe's life is determined upon how many people come in your job, our job, our company is determined by how the experience is for every single person who walks through that door. So yeah. trying to trying to give an even experience and and a consistent experience is, is a real kind of a gift and an intention that's put into the whole experience. The Cat and Cloud Podcast is sponsored by Steeped Coffee. Steeped Coffee is a new brewing method that combines specialty craft coffee into a single serving bag. You don't need a machine. You don't have to make a mess no matter where you are. All you have to do is add hot water. Each steep pack is individually sealed in nitrogen flush, so it stays fresh, and it's got this special immersion filter. And the filter is ultrasonic sealed, which means it's sealed together with no glue, no staples, so there's no weird stuff floating around in your coffee. Steeped is a benefit B Corp. They ethically source all their coffee. Their packaging is fully compostable, and they believe that business should be done without compromise. You can get your hands on Steeped Coffee at steepedcoffee.com. That's S-T-E-E-P-E-D coffee.com. Asking your local retail stores to start carrying Steeped or having your favorite roaster reach out and get in touch. If you happen to be in Santa Cruz, come on by any of the Cat and Cloud locations. We have it there for you. Basically, they're just doing their best to change the coffee industry and make your life more convenient with their pre-portioned, pre-ground innovation. So tell all your friends. Oh, it's the it's it's one of the things that allows you to take whatever special thing you have and channel it into the work that you do every day cuz there's so many le- there's so many levels to just that one situation. Right. And I think we talked about this before, but I connected with one of our employees and she was watching my videos and she was like, "Man, you got so much energy." in the videos, but I don't really see it in regular life. You know, you're in line, you get your order and you go. And we had this conversation. It's like when I'm in line and I get to the front of the register, the employees tend to want to talk to me a lot, which I get. Totally. I own the company. They want to connect and that's awesome. But I also feel the weight of the whole line going out the door behind me. Absolutely. And my highest service to the whole organization is to be cordial, but to get out of all the other guests ways yeah. as soon as possible. And sometimes that means being a little bit short, even though I don't feel like I'm getting short, it's probably just looks short in contrast to some of the other stuff they might see that I, you know, put out there in the world. And she was like, Oh, I totally get that. That totally makes sense. So you've got, um, that awareness of speed pacing is really pacing is really important. Mm -hmm. It's not just the energy or the friendliness. You know, if you spend five minutes with one guest and 30 seconds with another, that's a different form of of clubhousing in its own how annoying is it to be the 30 second after the five minute well it's just annoying it's annoying to be the 30 second watching the five minute i'm just like whoa move it along especially when you can hear the conversation yeah it's just lingering it's just lingering Mm -hmm. yeah i and the the cool thing about moving people through is there's an intensity to it you can do it in a fun and playful way 
where it's not like, okay, I'm sorry, I have to help the next version in, person in line. You can just kick them out like, dude, that's awesome. Cool. Next. What? Yeah. You know, you can use your energy to, to make it happen in a fun way. So that, fun. Where I always say, if I'm on the other side of that, I would rather leave wanting more, leave the guest wanting more, rather than being in some drawn out conversation that is gets to be incredibly awkward and mundane. Oh, I you and know? I totally am with you with that self conscious vibe. Make it spicy. Yeah. Make it make it exciting. Um and then because your job is the same every day, back to, you know, using mm-hmm. your gifts or whatever, that's you have a job to do. You know, people are coming in, your function is setting the tone for that experience, ringing them up, making it accurate, making it memorable, and then pushing them out as, as quickly as possible. Right. But within that, where you get to play is that every single person is different. So giving good service to one person, you know, if you have someone who's insanely high energy and needs to be responded to with high energy, mm-hmm. you can do that. If you have someone who you know, you have to use your brain on this one, but if they look like they're having the worst fucking day of their life, yeah. and they don't really want someone to scream happiness into their face. Like you can connect with them on the level that they're at, like meeting people where they're at while still maintaining this good energy vibe is fucking awesome. And right. that, you can't do that with copy and paste service. No, you can't do that with, hello, welcome to cat and cloud. What could I get for you today? Oh, nice. Would you like to add a shot to that? Right. Thank you very much. It's like your classic, like greeting, Take order, try up sale, see you later. Yeah. Maybe repeat order back. Maybe then, repeat then order say back. Goodbye. Yeah, and then everybody needs something different within that. And right. if you can figure that out, that's what makes a great so believe guest service it person. Or not, we actually have intention in our steps to service that allow a couple spaces for genuine conversation without extending the time at the register cashier concierge experience. So there is a time when you're asking between like for here and to go where you are potentially grabbing drinks and or items for the human being where you can be talking to them then there's one other portion which is right when you tell them how much the order is going to cost they have to either reach into their wallet or they have to do something they have to hand you cash or they have to and that is your opportunity to engage in a short conversation and both of those places allow you to do exactly what we're talking about without holding up anybody behind. And the transaction can be done without it being transactional. And I think that's the thing where people, it takes a little bit of art and a little bit of, you said brain work, but there's a lot of fun ways to do this. And you have to kind of remember that you're not, cutting off a guest is not a disservice on from us like we wouldn't consider it a, a disservice it's more of a service to the people behind that guest and then there's other ways around this if you have somebody who has a lot of questions you can always hopefully have backup from your baristas or the other people who are in the cafe working behind behind you or alongside of you to reach out and get some things going down the line which is where teamwork comes into play so one i mean simplest thing in our steps to service we build it so that they're repeatable but they're also fairly quick they deliver the accuracy, which, I mean, this is kind of a no-brainer. I think everybody's got this, but they make sure, hopefully, that you have the accuracy of the modifiers, what kind of cup the drink comes in, and all of those things, the name of the person, which that's pretty old school, but at the same time, like, we were it kind of towards the beginning of creating reason, that in, in the past. Like, some people like the names and some people don't, but in the past, names weren't a normal thing in coffee. 
And I believe I'm not going to fully claim it because we can't, the internet didn't exist then. So other people were doing it. But at the time I didn't know any other place that was calling names. And I did know that we were giving out the same drink 10 times in a row because that people would steal drinks and change drinks all the time. That steals the wrong word, grab the wrong drink because they heard a, a name of a drink called. Yeah. That's one of those things where Starbucks was probably on the forefront. They of probably all had that. to be as, the first, right? As far right? as I can remember, they've always called names. Yeah. But, Third wave coffee definitely didn't call names. No. Yeah, you would sit there, put something out. Latte! As if fucking 15 other people didn't order a latte. 16-ounce latte, latte to go. Latte to go. Non-fat latte, low-fat. And then you wait long enough, and then the, the barista gets angry. Latte! <laughs> yeah. It's cold! Yeah. Woo! Remember when that used to happen? There's an espresso getting Dying cold on the bar. On the bar. Uh, it's a if you say that now, get over yourself, please. Uh, wow, where was we going? We just really sidebarred. All that to say, names, we have a system, you can engage. I mean, that's one thing. It's a really simple thing to put a little extra time into and to standardize between your team and teach them why you're doing it. Well, the reality is when you, when you do things like read the order back to the person, when you call out the name you're making it easier and more comfortable for them right how awkward is it to walk up to the bar grab a latte because you ordered a latte you right. put your hand on it and then the barista goes that's not yours you're like, <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, how the fuck am i supposed to know yours is next yours is next well, what, what was we your got name? a few in yeah. front of you it's like cool if you just said jared's latte that would be way tighter order for jared like it's annoying and when you read someone's order back to them they feel confident that's like okay cool i have to have decaf because when i order decaf for my mom and she's got a condition like right. she can't have x amount of caffeine she's got a condition so yeah. if i order a decaf americano for my mom and then they call it out in the bar chris here's your americano and i'm like is it decaf right you know so you can call it out at the register okay cool i got an espresso an eight ounce decaf americano and a ham and cheese croissant great awesome done and then call it out again when you put it on the bar right. things with unique modifiers your chris your order's ready okay here's your espresso this is your decaf americano right. you know reinforcing at every level that yes i have taken care of you yes i have the correct order you don't need to worry you can relax we got this under control it's super good i mean that's that's one of my favorite responses as people come up and goes is this a hot latte and i'm like that is a hot latte for jared if that's if you're jared that's your latte yep. and they'll be like oh no i'm chris like cool yours is two more down the line i have one more latte between you and yours mm -hmm. it'll come out in probably three minutes what to say to do it's done yeah i so. love what you said right there it'll come out in three minutes right because that's another level of comfort where that's not yours yours is coming or that's not yours yeah, you're all there's a few in front of you you know just like some sort of specificity <laughs> to let you know like okay we got two and then you're gonna be the next after that so don't go too far yeah They're like, okay cool i'll chill here or or like Maybe that maybe it's the opposite. Maybe it's super slim busy. It'll probably be like six minutes. Okay, cool. I'm gonna go hang out with my table and yeah. we'll we'll reach out to you. Cashiers, concierges, this is your opportunity as well. If you're at a register and there is a line out the door and there's been a line out the door and your baristas are slammed or the food is slammed, whatever's slammed, you'll be like, Hey, just so you know, we're super busy. It's probably gonna be about fifteen, twenty minutes for your drink. I'm calling out an arbitrary number, you don't have to say that, but it's really, really, really awesome to let somebody know, hey, go wait outside for 10, 15 minutes, 10 minutes, then come back in and your drink will be close to ready. 
that to me is one of the coolest things that could and should and I believe I would love to see happen more in most places I go to. I like to have a general sense of how long it's going to take. And that just happened at Sambazon, the at the SI place on Sunday. Oh, yeah. We, we went for SI. On first. Yeah. Uh, no, sorry, not Sambazon. Uh, Samba Rock. Samba Rock. Yep. The S's and Ambas. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we went there and we ordered. We were going to go to Swanton to pick strawberries. And the person, you know, takes our order. It's going to be about 20, 25 minutes. And, and they're kind of notoriously slower, but... And that's actually something I thought about when I went in there. I was like, man, the only reason I don't like going there as much is they're so slow. But as soon as I get told and they own it, my perspective changes. I'd be happy to go to a place that tells you it's going to be about 25 minutes. Like, tight. I'm going to go wait out by my car, listen to music, kick it. I'll be back. Yeah, and maybe then you decide, eh, I'm over it. I don't want to wait 30. And that's fair, too. Right. But the tension is the worst. Right. Not knowing, expecting it to come out in three minutes and having it take 20 minutes, that sucks. Right. And that, that to me, is something – all of these things are just nuances of hospitality and care that I think are – if you just think on a human level, if you don't think on a – consumerism maybe uh, capitalistic level they're actually really easy to think about and this kind of just all of what we're talking about a little bit refers refers or it kind of reverts back to a little bit our conversation about when is somebody going to put out the michelin star coffee experience or the food experience and that's not exactly what we're talking about but at the same time all of these little details adding up can't are, are the things that are going to get people there or more bought into specialty coffee and so it's if you want to follow our values it's actively pursuing better for the entire community of specialty coffee you hit on something when you said these things are pretty basic if you think in terms of just you know being a human being and outside of business or transactional which makes me think of the difference between having a customer and having a guest right when you have a customer there's certain things that you need to do because Mm -hmm. that's the mindset that you're in that this is a business transaction when you have a guest you can treat them how you would treat a guest okay cool we're we're on the same level and i can be honest with you about these things Mm -hmm. i want to make sure you feel comfortable if you came over to my house for dinner i wouldn't try to pretend that you know dinner's not going to be ready for two hours i can just be like oh yeah we're we're, dinner's going to be a couple hours oh what do you need oh cool what's up i listen I listen. I don't just talk. I listen. I understand. And I, I think that's that's pretty awesome to mm-hmm. be able to pair the job that you do with that feeling of I'm actually interacting with another human being and then having the freedom to see the long game in that interaction. You know, we talked before about cutting off a guest. It's like you're not even really cutting off a guest. You're just adding – you're playing the long game, you know. Think about this. Oh, what'd you do this weekend? Cool, I took my boat out. Cool, what kind of boat do you have? Oh, I have this kind of boat. Okay, cool. Um, how does that work? Oh, cool, it's got this thing, that, and then the blah, blah, blah. You have this fucking five-minute conversation right. about whatever. It's just let it fucking hang. Have a mystery. What'd you do this weekend? I took my boat out. Dude, that sounds super fun. I wish I could get out on the water. Right. Boom, 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 finish the transaction. Then you have some stuff in your pocket for the next, next day. Time. Next time, right? Hey, what kind of boat do you have? You, you remember. I remember you. you I remember you went out on a boat last week. You've, yeah. been, you've been boating a little bit lately. What are you do out there? Right, and they're like, "Holy, they remember and then levels, right?" Then and you, you can should take remember it all the way as and, best you can. Yeah, which is oh, why yeah. we take names. Absolutely, you remember a name, not a drink. Right, you're not you're not necessarily unlocking doors because these are the things we've been thinking about. But what we're what we're doing is like hospitality is kind of humanitarianism, where it's like I'm actually picturing like I don't want to call it customer service, but like 
the transactional capitalism, it's almost like, it's like problem solving. It's like, this is a solution. Like I think in the tech world, the tech world, they talk about UX, but they, they talk user experience, but they talk about it really in the context of like solving problems, making things easier, making money and making things fast. And it's like, boom, boom, boom. Like we're doing all this stuff. And it's, it's not that it doesn't move the world forward, but it is not the same feeling because the whole end goal is to put out a product for somebody to buy that might make them happier. And we're doing two things. We're putting out a product that's awesome, but it's all in the context of the kind of experience that is connective. And so even you think about, you can think about social media all you want where it's trying to be connective and it does have its place and it can be amazing for those who don't get to see the world and go out into the world. But at the same time, there is such a different approach. <laughs> well, it's like, so funny. I feel you. I, I mean, it's even for me. It's like I'm not. I, I can talk to people and I genuinely connect to people in in UK, Europe, whereversville, yeah. where I'm not South Africa. Like yeah, literally, I have people I connect with that I'm most likely maybe in our industry going to see, but most likely not going to see often, if ever. Australia, easy, but then you have a whole different experience, which is exactly what you said. Come into our cafe, our place, where we essentially serve you, pretty straightforward, and people kind of miss that when you are in it and you're serving and you're actually genuinely, like, altruistically helping in the way, and you're also getting paid for it, which you forget, or maybe you put that first, it ends up being so much more fun and so much more gratifying. I think there's so many levels because what we're working against in a lot of cases is a really broken system that people sure. have been indoctrinate, indoctrinated in for their whole working lives. I so, mean, our, our parents started like big time, right? And then we're tr actively fighting against it at nearly 40. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? But like, then everybody else who we are hiring and working with is in the same boat. Right. So if you've had three jobs and then you come to Cat and Cloud, for the most part, I would put mon good money on the bulk of your work experience is show up, shut up, do the work, do it right, don't make mistakes or you're going to get in trouble. Sure. That's, that's the situation that you're in. And that creates people that are apprehensive. They don't feel like they can connect with other people. They don't feel a lot of freedom. They're sitting there at the register thinking, not how can I help this person or give them a good experience? They're thinking, how can I not get this wrong? Right. So they're not actually thinking about the person that they're talking to. They're thinking about themselves and not wanting to blow it. Because every time, KPIs. every time they've blown it before, they've gotten so much trouble. Right. And that's where we talk about, hey, you're going to make mistakes. It's just going to happen. And they're totally okay. The thing that you need to do is own them and clarify afterwards. If you know you screwed something up or even if you just have a gut feeling, you can raise your hand and say, hey, I messed up. I'm pretty sure I did this wrong. I did as much research as I could, but I still couldn't figure out what the right way is. Can you help me figure out the right way? I just want to get better at right. this. And then we can be like, yes, we will help you this this that and the other and mm -hmm. we only have a problem if we have repeat 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 that's on you sure as an employee but creating um creating a culture where, where people feel comfortable connecting where it doesn't feel like oh i have to separate business from pleasure turns out they can both go together turns out work is way more fun when you can do a good job at the same time as focusing on the individual that you're helping because Absolutely. that's the whole reason your business exists that should be that's, i would hope at some level it <laughs> yeah. is for everybody whether right. they want to admit it or not i mean you need somebody to care about it what and want is it. a job 
give me a job that's not a service job. Give me a job oh, where the person on the totally. other side of the counter doesn't matter. Give me a job where no matter how much you think it's about you and your technical prowess and the thing that you know how to do, it's not about the other person. No. It's always about the it's other always person. About, it's always about service. No matter what, if you can lean into that, you're going to be a better member of your workplace. That is a that is a golden fact. That is a fact. That is a fact. 100%. Hey, that's the end of the podcast. Thanks for listening. I know this is the time, uh, the shameless, like classic, we need your help, but we do want to get our message out there and we do want to share this with a lot of people. So if you could share this with others, you could subscribe, you could rate, you could review. It would greatly help us as we continue to push through not only the YouTube as it's fresh, but also the general podcast as we took nearly an entire year off from doing it. And so please do so, share it. I believe that we have some information and some perspectives that could help not only people in the coffee industry, but people in any industry, any walk of life. So do us that favor, do us that solid, bring us that love and turn up for us, please. And I hope you all have a great time. Thanks for listening.